the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to faith and politics, do we keep them separate? Are they compartmentalized? Or do we follow God's Word and treat them as the whole? That's what we're looking at next on Abounding Grace with Gary Wagner. in America tend to compartmentalize our faith and our practice, really, especially when it comes to politics. We separate church and state, even though there are no serious legal documents that tell us we must do so. So what is it that God calls us to? One God, one mediator, one ransom, and politics. That's all straight ahead here today on Abounding Grace as we continue our journey through 1 Timothy. We're in chapter 2 looking at the first seven verses, a really amazing passage before us and a call to be politically minded. Here's Pastor Gary with the details. Now, if you look at the title of my sermon and the order of worship, it looks kind of convoluted. Because the title of the sermon is One God, One Mediator, One Ransom, and Politicians. Well, you will see that it is not convoluted. In fact, all of these are in our text, and they have all kinds of connections in Scripture. But we're actually only going to talk about one of those today. Paul, in this passage, is applying to Timothy what he was talking about in the first chapter. He said, Timothy, God has called you to a particular ministry, and here is how I want you to be effective and faithful in that ministry. I want you to understand that you are in a noble and righteous war. You must have a good conscience and keep a tie a tight hold on the truth. And now he's going to apply it even further. So he says, Timothy, also pray for everyone, even politicians. And pray for everyone, especially politicians, because God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, which is, there is only one God, There is only one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave his life as a ransom for all. So that's how all of these fit together. Now let's talk about praying for people. There must have been some type of problem in the church there that Paul is addressing about people not praying for everyone, such as not praying for for their enemies. But think about it. I mean, who would want to pray for Caesar? Who would want to pray for the Roman soldiers? And who would want to pray for Herod? 
But Paul is making it clear to Timothy, tell your congregation and yourself, don't just pray in public and private for those whom you like. Don't just pray for your brothers and sisters. Don't just pray for the people who share your viewpoint in life. Pray for all men. He says, let your prayers and entreaties and petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. Now, that's a typical literary style of Paul's. When he wants to make a point, he just piles words upon words. There are some differences between the words entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings. But, what Paul, but why Paul uses all kinds of words that mean sort of the same thing put all together is that he is trying, the point he is trying to make is what I'm asking you to do is a big deal. I don't want this to just be a little corner of your prayer. I don't want you to pray for all men and kings and politicians and people and civil authority only when you feel like it. This is something I want you to do when you are giving the congregational prayer. This is something I want you to do when you have your personal devotions. This is something I want you to do when you have family worship. This is important. Prayers, petitions, intercessions, all these things, prayers for all kinds of people is vitally important. And you will not win this battle we are fighting unless you are a man or a woman of earnest and constant prayer. And there are many reasons for this. One reason is, is we don't have any power in and of ourselves. We're weak. And the only power we're going to get to serve the Lord faithfully and to preach and teach His Word is from God Himself. So we must Cry out to Him. In fact, someone who never prays is someone who has the utmost confidence in Himself. Prayer might come in handy at weddings and funerals, they feel, but after that, I can surely handle things myself. So Paul is saying all the time, day in and day out, pray for everyone. Hold them up before God. Ask God to meet their needs, intercede on their behalf, against them or for them, but pray for all men. Now, when he says pray for all men, what is he saying? Is he saying, Timothy, I want you to get a phone book from every city in the Roman Empire, and I want you to go down every page in that phone book and pray for every person in that book without exception. All men, meaning all people in the whole world, not leaving one out. Do you think that's what he's saying? Of course not. Let me tell you about that word all in English. The word all in English is used the same way that it is used in Greek, and that's going to be important as we continue to study this passage because in this passage, it says we are to pray for all men. It says God desires all men to be saved. It says that Jesus gave his life as a ransom for all men. 
So we better know what we're talking about when we say all men. Here is the way it is meant in Scripture most of the time. Say you go into a farmer's market, and they've just delivered all kinds of fresh vegetables. And someone says, look at all those vegetables. Now, what is that person telling you to do? Is that person telling you to go down every aisle and look at every pea and look at every string bean and look at every cucumber and tomato? Look at all those vegetables without exception? Is that what they're telling you to do? No, what they are saying is, look at all these different kinds of vegetables. There's every kind of vegetable under the sun here. That is what we mean when we use the word all most of the time. Sometimes we use the word all and we mean without exception. We use the word all and we mean every single person in the whole wide world without exception or every single this or that in the whole wide world. But most of the time, both in Greek and in English, the word all means all these different kinds of people or different kinds of vegetables. So that's the idea here in what Paul is saying to Timothy. I want you to pray for all kinds of people, even kings, even people in civil authority, even those who run the Roman Empire, and those who have authority in the Jewish government who are dupes of the Roman government. Pray for all kinds of people, rich, poor, whatever race, whatever nationality, whatever the character, whatever their place in life. Pray for all kinds of men, even people you don't like, people who may be your enemies, not just your family, but pray for all kinds of people. And most particularly, he says, pray for kings and those who are in authority. Now, there have been, may have been people there in the church who didn't like praying for those Roman and Jewish rulers because... They were no friend of the church. And Paul says, it doesn't matter if they are friends of the church or not. You cast them before God, and then you ask God to carry out His will in their life. You pray for kings, civil officials, appointed officials, judges, presidents, governors, legislators, and all of the rest. Wherever they are in authority, just pray for them. Just because they don't share your political view or just because you think they are a danger to your way of life, that is no excuse not to pray for them. But remember, for or against them. In fact, if you are against them, God has called you to pray the imprecatory psalms which are psalms that are called down as for God's curses and God's, um, um, what's the word I want? No, not blessings, just curses. Just, we'll just say curses for now on a person. That's what these psalms are about, these imprecatory psalms. Such psalms as 7, 35, 55, 58, 59, 69, and 109. 
And if you want to really hear some curses brought down on God, on evil people, read especially Psalms 58, 59, and 109. I think you might be a little surprised on what God says about the wicked and how he will deal with them. Now, so we pray for kings who are an authority and that God's will be done in their life. Now, by the word all there, does he mean every single political official in the world? Does he mean to pray for all in authority, every civil official in the whole wide world? No, it means pray for all kinds of civil officials. It doesn't mean who they it doesn't matter who they are or what level of government they are, but especially those who have authority over you. Why? It is so God will so work in their lives that we Christians will lead, it says on our text, a tranquil and quiet life. I don't know about you, but I like tranquility and quietness, at least from time to time. Honestly, I wish I had a more tranquil and quiet life, don't you? But politicians can certainly keep you from having it. I think most of us here at RHC are not feeling very tranquil over the elections and the COVID-19 shutdowns. But there are also wars. There can be persecution on the part of the state. There can be harassment of the church. These people cheer on rioters and looters to break our tranquility. There can be all kinds of these types of things that a civil government bent on rebellion against God can do to disrupt the quietness and peacefulness and tranquility of your life. That's one of the reasons you pray for all these Lord, may they not do anything that would disrupt the tranquility of my life and my family's life. May they not enter into unjust wars. May they not harass us through taxation. May may they work toward our peace and justice and freedom in our culture, even though they are not Christians, so that we will not be interrupted, and there will be no interruption to my tranquility and the peace of your people. Then Paul says, pray for kings and all of these civil officials in order that we, the Christians, may live a tranquil and quiet life in all dignity and godliness. The word for godliness means faithful and pure worship. May they not do anything that would distort my worship of you, O God. May they not do anything that would compromise the dignity of my life as your child. Now, what is interesting about this verse, or an assumption behind it, it doesn't say, for kings and all who are in authority, in order that we Christians and Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists and Satanists may live a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. 
This is a prayer that the state would protect the church. This is a prayer that the state would protect Christians from any disturbance to their tranquility or from any perversion of their worship of the triune God. Now that is important to bear in mind because most liberals and conservatives in America have a heretical view of the relationship of God the mediator and the God of ransom because they believe that the state's responsibility is to protect the freedom of all people and religious groups, whether you are Muslim, Christian, Hindu, whatever you are, to protect your religion and your legitimacy. Hence, the sacred cow in America today is religious freedom, that everyone has the freedom to worship the God of his choice. In fact, they say everyone does have the right to worship the God of his choice. They say that is one of the most protected and beloved rights, the right to worship God any way you want or to worship whatever God you want. Well, let me ask you, beloved, who is the source of your rights? Who gives us our rights? Is it the state? No, it is God alone. So can you show me a place in the Bible where God has given you the right to worship any other God but Him? You don't have that right. In fact, it makes God very angry when you worship another God than Himself. So no one has the religious freedom before God to worship the God of His choice. Therefore, we don't have the right nor responsibility to protect the religious freedom of Muslims or Hindus or Buddhists. Nor does the civil government of the United States have the responsibility to protect any idolatrous religious group. Its purpose is to make sure that we Christians will not have tranquility and quietude disturbed. So that we can worship God in freedom and honesty. The one true God. Who gave up his son. As though our mediator between God and men. Now that's the way we're supposed to pray for politicians. Whether he is a Democrat or a Republican. It doesn't really matter these days. Rush Dooney told me one time, Gary, I can't stand the political religious philosophies of Democrats. He said, but Democrats are more principled than Republicans. Democrats are willing to go to the wall for the things they believe. Even the things they believe are wrong, whereas Republicans are basically cowards and pragmatists. How have we seen that work in our lifetime? especially recently. So we pray for the politicians. Lord, bring their hearts and minds in conformity to your will. May they voluntarily and gladly and joyfully obey and enforce your law. And if they don't, Lord, do whatever you must do to make them do what you want them to do, whether they like it or not. Because, Lord, you told us in your word, the heart of the king is in your hand. 
And like a river of water, you turn it whatever way you want. And that's the way we can pray. Just like this. So Lord, these people want to disturb and destroy my Christian way of life. And you know that is no exaggeration. They want to destroy my Christian way of life. And I pray that you would keep them from it however you must. Remember here, he's praying for Caesar. Lord, you even have Caesar under control. And by the way, when Timothy, 1 Timothy was written, it was probably during the reign of Nero Caesar, who was probably one of the worst of all the Caesars. So here it says that we are to pray for politicians on all levels. Now, to be able to pray for politicians effectively, just like you pray for everything else, you've got to know everything about what you are talking about. Ignorance is not one of the prerequisites for prayer. In fact, ignorance is a major hindrance to prayer. I mean, the more you know about each other, the more specific your prayers are going to be and the more detailed your answers will be the same with politicians. Don't just pray for them in some kind of general sense. Lord, help them all to be good. But instead, Lord, you know what so-and-so believes and stands for. And the legislation that he's trying to get passed, he wants more babies killed in the womb. Stop him from that, Lord. Destroy him if you must. Keep up with what's going on in politics. Keep up with what is happening in the president's life. Keep up with what's happening in your legislators' lives, your congressmen's lives, your senators' lives, your governor's life. And if they are doing things to disrupt your worship and your tranquility, be specific in your prayers to God so that you will be able to see when he answers your prayers. Governor Newsom put an end to the restrictions you put on us with the COVID-19. Do not force any of us to have a vaccine against our will. These are the particular things that we must be praying for. Now it says, verse 3, that praying like this for kings, all civil officials, is so you can live a tranquil life in godliness. And it says, it is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. You know, God uses the civil magistrates, even sometimes, you think, at least against His will, to save us from the consequences of evil in this world. Where would we be if everything was overtly anarchistic? And there was no way to restrain crime and evil in this world. And as ineffective as our civil government and other civil governments are in the world, many of them are not effective at restraining evil at all. Portland is a good example. Nevertheless, it is better with them than without them. So that's why it is acceptable in the sight of God. Paul says, I want you to pray for these civil leaders and kings, Timothy, not so much that I care about them, but Timothy, I love you. 
and I want to use these kings and civil officials in your life to protect you and keep your life quiet and your worship free. And he says, here's why. And he gives us four reasons why we are to pray for everyone and why it is acceptable in the sight of God that we even pray for public officials and kings. Because in verse 4, God our Savior. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner. The ministry of Reformed Heritage Church here in San Jose. As always, it's a delight spending time with you here in God's Word. And if today's program has been especially helpful to you, we'd love to hear about it. Would you take a moment and contact us? Let us know how the program is encouraging you in Christ. It would mean a great deal to us. From time to time, we'd like to know how the program is being used by God. And that would be a great gauge for us. A quick letter or a phone call. Here's how to contact us, 408-866-5607. That's our phone number, 408-866-5607. Or you can write to us at PMB, that's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB for post mailbox, number 402. 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032 is the zip code. If you'd like to know more about Reformed Heritage Church of San Jose or Pastor Gary Wagner and Abounding Grace, you can visit our website, reformedheritage.org. That's reformedheritage.org. And leave us an email when you stop by. Let us know you paid us a visit. You're also welcome to, again, call. That phone number is 408-866-5607. If you'd like a copy of today's program, by the way, mention today's date when you contact us and we'll get a copy out to you. The cost is $5. And any amount you send above and beyond cost of resource materials will go right back into the radio program, as this is a listener-supported ministry. We're able to continue our daily presence here on this station as you continue to support us financially and prayerfully. We appreciate your help in this endeavor. Thank you again. For further information, reformedheritage.org or 408-866-5607. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.